Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And that's whatever type of company you work with. And have some fun? Absolutely, we have to, right? Well, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. If you have any questions or comments related to this show or any commercial real estate related endeavors, you're invited to give us a call. Our phone number is 888-612-SHOW. You can also email us at info at com or reach us through your favorite social media site. You can find them all at com. Well, today we're going to discuss high-performance sales and leasing strategies. If you manage, invest, own, sell, lease commercial real estate, or if you're in a business related to the industry, you know the value of proper training and the value of understanding and utilizing best practices for success. Well, today we had the privilege of talking with Mike Lipsy, president of the Lipsy Company, a nationally and internationally recognized leader in training and consulting for the commercial real estate industry. Their training programs are well designed to address the challenges facing the industry, and their consulting services are tailored to the specific needs of each organization. Mike Lipsy, thanks for joining us. Michael Bull, I'm delighted to be with you today. Well, thank you. We appreciate you coming back on the show. Uh, uh, the show we had with you last year was very popular. And before we get started, Mike, can you share with our listeners the typical clients the Lipsy Company works with and some of the more popular offerings? Well, it's interesting you ask that question. We had an office luncheon today, and the new hire that runs our database for us, Guyana, asked me that same question, a recent graduate of University of Florida. She said, Mike, how did you get started? Who are your clients? And, and she'd been with us a few weeks. And so I said, our clients are really in three broad categories. Those that are in the service side of the business, commercial brokers, property managers, asset managers, construction management. So that's kind of like one-third. One-third of those who own commercial estate, REITs, institutions, life companies, sovereign funds. And then the other third are oftentimes corporate real estate executive facility managers, GlaxoSmithKline, Boeing, uh, AT&T. We work with their real estate groups or we work with their facilities group. This past year, the bulk of our business has been really in two of the verticals, though. Uh, those in commercial estate, uh, leasing, brokerage, investment sales has been big for us this year. And then we still do a tremendous amount of work in all cycles for those who own real estate, uh, particularly the REIT vertical. All right. Well, we've uh, enjoyed your services. And uh, what are some of the ways your services and training are available, Mike? Well, we think of the way we deliver our services one of four ways. One, uh, we come to your office, and that has been sort of our bread and butter for the last 30 years, where a client pick calls up, calls us up and says, Mike, can you get to Los Angeles? You know, we really need to work on business development. Or someone calls me and says, Mike, uh, come work with us in Denver. We really need to do a better job in our tenant rep business. So it tends to be very surgical, very specialized, and we just travel. I came off the road yesterday, 215 days I traveled this year. Wow. Uh, and I love it because you're able to see so many different operations in so many different marketplaces. The other way have been our downloadables. We have been doing uh, some variety of recording. They are now like iTunes. Uh, we're now on what's called Systems for Success, the How To Series 3.0. You can go right to our website and download it. You can watch it from your iPhone, iPad, Android, desktop. You can share it with anyone in your office. It's been very, very popular. Uh, we launched that 50 days ago, and we have sold over 500 downloads in 50 days. So we are thrilled with the response we've got on the How To Series. 
The other third uh, a third way that we would deliver our service would be online, where we do our consulting online, we do our training online, we have founded a designation called Masters in Commercial Property, three semesters, we just finished our uh, fall semester, we're starting our winter semester the 6th of February, and that's where we have offices and individuals who want their designation who come online. So we do consulting by webinar, we do HD video broadcast, and then of course we do it, uh, which you, we, we had several of your uh, brokers attend our fall semester, and they were wonderful participants. So that's sort of the way we deliver it, in-house, um, specific, uh, then we do it uh, you know, by some sort of downloadable, and then we do it uh, live online. Oh, that's great. And Mike, I'd like to talk to you about leasing office space. What are some best practices for landlords and landlord reps to improve occupancy and leasing performance? Well, we have a wonderful program called Performance Leasing, and if you look at the ingredients in Performance Leasing, there's several initiatives that we identify. Matter of fact, we worked with one of our wonderful reclients yesterday in the Mid-Atlantic, and we had this very same discussion. Discussion. It first starts off with the database. Have you identified those growth industries for the upcoming year? And there's a wonderful uh, a website that we recommend that has done a forecast between now and the year 2018 of the fastest growing industries. And they do it by wages, they do it by number of new hires, and they do it by state. So, for example, you live in Georgia, they've done a forecast on the fastest growing industries. Well, if I'm trying to lease office space, I want to make sure I'm building groups within my CRM specific to those who will be the fastest growing. And there's so many wonderful tools out there that you can now use to help you build a high-quality database. I just mentioned our new hire, Guyana. That's her primary responsibility building our database, adding net new names, uh, and making sure that we touch prospects electronically. Second, price your vacancy properly. Dear friend of mine, Tom Bach, he was with Equity Office for many years. Uh, we sat down with Tom and my oldest son, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Parkway Properties, and we developed what's called the Bach Ellipse Pricing Tool. We've developed it for office, retail, and industrial. We want you to put a price tag on every vacancy. I don't want you coming to my listing and saying the rent's $22 a square foot, now let's dance. I want to say that is $19.10, that's $21.15, that's $23. And the prospect sees immediately that there was pricing sensitivity, which was used on the vacancy. You will leave space much faster. The next recommendation we make is have a variety of documentations. Don't use a 40-page lease with two pages of rules and regs for every lease negotiation. If this is a user less than 2,000 square feet uh, looking for space almost as is, use a service agreement. One of our clients, Sun Life in Canada, has a franchise agreement. It's two pages. So use the right document that's going to streamline the negotiating process. So those are sort of the big three. Then another one that we like to see our landlord reps do when they're leasing vacancy is have the best-in-class tour. We have a wonderful pro program, which is best-in-class tours. How do you use your iPads to bring the tour to life? We're using a wonderful application called Conference Pad. It's where you can connect the landlord rep's uh, iPad to three or four, where you can actually connect it up to 15 other iPads by Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, and you can show them the floor plans, and you can show them what the build-out will look like. And so are you using the latest technology to make sure that you're doing tours that really bring it to life. Another thing that we've done for one of our clients is we have a three-level tour, silver, gold, platinum. 
$50 for silver, $100 for gold, $250 for platinum. Depending upon how much space you need, depending on what term lease you, you want, am I going to have reserved parking for the tenant rep? Am I going to have refreshments? Am I going to have gift cards? What are we going to do? So that the client says, what a wonderful experience. I want a proposal. So the, so, so the money is what you're spending for that, right? Well, when you say the, the, the oh, yeah, that's exactly right. right. So that's the budget that the landlord okay. rep knows he's going to be reimbursed for. Okay. So if let's say you're my landlord and I have a smallish tour that qualifies for silver, I don't have to call you up and say, Michael, can I have 50 bucks for this tour? It's already built into the plan. Okay. I do three of those in the month of January. I bill you for $150. I did, let's say, one gold and I did two platinums. I give you a total bill. But I need to give you an explanation. Here's how we spent your money. Landlords will do that all day long. They want to know, I will contribute to the marketing budget. Just let me know how you're going to use it to lease more space. Yeah, and, that, then one, and then I know you want to ask me a question. Then there's one more item, and I could yeah. spend a, a whole hour just on this last one. I know. Make sure that the leasing plan you give your landlord takes in consideration the effect it's going to have on the net operating income. I am amazed at the number of leasing brokers out there that just do leases and never think, what is the effect this is having on NOI and ultimately the effect on value? Right. That's a good point. Uh, tell me how it's going to affect my, my building, right, and my income. Well, we're short on the break, Mike, but uh, if a REIT or any owner is leasing their own space and they're not using third-party leasing, what are some common mistakes an owner should avoid when leasing their own property? Well, let me tell you, just first share with you why REITs in particular have gone self-leased. It's not so much so that they think they're going to reduce you know, the commission. They want control. They want accountability. They want measurement. So those who have taken it in-house, it's just out of sheer frustration. I mean, they would like to have a landlord rep that they could count on that would lease the space. But the broker doesn't report. They don't do much business development. So the frustration on the part of the owner who takes it in-house, it's because they cannot find an accountable broker. Right. To get, to get back to your question which is what should they be aware of? You need to be aware of one of the most important ingredients is if you bring in an, an in-house leasing agent, they don't have the DNA as a tenant rep broker. So you need to make sure you have a young caller that's going to be making outbound calls and then turning it over to your leasing team. We have tried our best and not been successful in taking an in-house leasing agent to get them to make 25, 30, 35 outbound calls a day. They spend too much time doing one thing, which is working the tenant rep community. Right. All right, Mike, we have to take a short break. More performance sales and leasing strategies for just a moment with Mike Lipsy. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. 
If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate related subjects, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, we just completed an informative show on C-suite social media strategies, a show on tips for using LinkedIn, and two enlightening shows on 2013 market expectations, one with Deloitte and one with Price Waterhouse Coopers. You can access the shows anytime on your smartphone or your computer. Just visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing performance sales and leasing strategies with Mike Lipsy from the Lipsy Company. And Mike, do you see any issues or have any advice in situations where office leasing and management are the same team? Well, you know, as I mentioned to you in, in an earlier segment, our newest program called, you know, the, the Tours at Win, it's got, you know, a number of different titles. The one, you know, structure we want to put together is we want the landlord rep to work seamlessly with building engineering, property management, and space planning. And so one of the frustrations is oftentimes property management is not supporting the leasing agent. The property manager is the one who cleans the space, makes sure the fragrance is in there if it's permitted, uh, making sure that the welcome sign and the reserve sign for the tenant rep. And so what we've been doing is the tour budget, believe it or not, is coming from operations. So one of the things that we've done is try to figure out how can we can compensate the property manager to make sure that he or she feels like I am part of the leasing process. <clears throat> Pardon me. The days of a property manager not even knowing that a tour is taking place, not knowing a lease is being negotiated, not even finding out a lease was signed until it shows up in their in-basket is too late. So here's what we've done. We've, we've always said, depending upon the size of the tour, who should be on the tour? In all cases, the property managers should know their role on the tour, the size of the building, the rent roll, questions that oftentimes the leasing agent might not be able to, 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 uh, to answer. And we also find that the property manager brings that sort of esprit de corps that the prospect needs to see. When the prospect sees that this is a, really a team effort, we want you here in this building, we want you to be successful, uh, and they see it from not just the one person, from the tenant rep and the landlord rep, but they see it from operations, it really increases the likelihood that you're going to go now to letter of intent and then maybe uh, to a lease negotiation. So we find it important. The days of a landlord rep doing tours solo or just with the prospect and, of course, with the tenant rep, we're really pushing back on that. We're saying make sure you bring in other people. Specifically, the property manager should be on almost all tours. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, we bring tenants in a building. Uh, the the leasing people are not going to be there down the road. It's the management people the tenant has to deal with, right? And they like to know that they're supported there. Well, Mike, you're, you're talking about office landlord leasing and, and budgets and things. Are the standard landlord commissions uh, that we've seen in the marketplace, are they fairly compensating landlord reps so that they can adequately perform? Well, it's like you're reading my mind. Over the last 10 years, we have seen this erosion uh, in the leasing agents commission, landlord rep. In some markets now, of the fee that's available, whatever the market fee might be, 70% is going to the tenant rep and 30% is now going to the landlord rep. So what the landlord reps have done is they have permitted themselves to almost become a commodity, and it's been frustrating. So what we've done in our performance leasing program is to address other forms of compensation that a landlord rep should be entitled to by providing extraordinary service. And there's a whole list of extra services, added value service that a good landlord rep can provide. 
And for these extra services, they might get a percentage of the growth of the NOI. They might get a percentage of the delta uh, of the value created over a one-year period. Take, for example, the NOI today is a million. We use a cap rate of six. At the end of the leasing period, 12 months from now, the, the NOI is a million three, taking the same cap rate. Look how much value I've created. Let me get a small percentage of that. A retainer is one that we see frequently, that I get a flat monthly fee at the beginning of the month, along with reimbursements for my marketing expense at the end of the month, plus whatever a traditional commission should be in this marketplace. And then I will be more attentive. I will take fewer listings. I'll do a better job reporting. I will contribute. I'll do outbound business activity. You know, I will, I will be more integral to what you want. And it's almost a hybrid. What a landlord has to decide is, should I hire someone and make them an employee, or should I hire a broker? But there's a third option, and that's the performance leasing option. That's where you still retain your independent contractor status, but I pay you additional compensation. The burden, ultimately, is still less to the landlord, but it will be more rewarding financially to the leasing agent. So the hybrid is one that we've been installing extensively particularly when the recession began, because occupancies went from 94 to 90 to 88 to 82, and landlords said, listen, I've got a problem here. I need to outperform the marketplace. Well, the way you do that is with a performance leasing arrangement, and they have been very, very successful for a couple of reasons. You outperform the market, you lease more space in less time, and the leasing agent finally gets fair compensation. I'm not looking to change the way that tenant reps are getting larger percentages. I'm looking to find a way that the landlord rep should be able to be additionally compensated for additional time and effort that they're willing to give the landlord. Okay. And it's important to note, isn't it, Mike, that this is for the benefit of the landlord. Oh, it absolutely. There's two winners. The first winner is the landlord will outperform the marketplace. So that means they'll lease more vacancy in less time than the, than the building across the street. The second winner is the broker. Now I can take fewer listings, give my landlord more time, more effort, more focus, but I will be fairly compensated because I have now allocated my time from 15 listings to eight listings. And those brokers that have gone down the performance listing uh, avenue have all come back to me and said, Mike, it's just more rewarding. You know, there's some listings I shouldn't even be taking, but I take take them because I'm playing the percentages. But if I know that I'm going to be compensated for taking my team and providing extraordinary care to my landlords and I'm being compensated for it, it's more enriching, you know, as a broker. I think those are great tips, and I'm, I'm glad we've talked about it on air because, you know, I've seen situations where landlord reps just did not seem very motivated. Michael, I can't tell you how many times I've asked brokers, how many listings do you have? Oh, uh, well, uh, let me. That's scary, isn't it? Yeah. So let's say they've got 22 listings. I know if I'm number 22, nothing's happening. And that's what's, that's what's wrong with this business. We're taking listings, we lose nothing. The landlord's losing a lot. They've got debt service and operating expenses, and they've got you know, all sorts of financial commitments. The broker puts up a sign. If, if somebody drives by and takes the number down and calls you, you might leave something. But the poor landlord is sitting there, and they thought that you really were going to be working that listing every day. You're not working it. You're waiting for the sign to do something. On a performance listing, you're saying, I'm going to think like a tenant rep broker. I'm going to be aggressive. I hope my sign works and the other sources that generate activity work. But at the same time, I'm going to be making calls to prospects. And if that prospect decides to go out and get a tenant rep, I'm fine with that. 
but I'm not waiting for some random tenant rep to expose my vacancy to a prospect. I'm going to jumpstart this leasing effort. And that's what landlords want today. They want someone who's taking it to the street. Yeah, that's a great point. And and if you have a retainer, uh, you have an interest in, and you have a reason, you've committed to make those calls and do those outgoing calls and make sure you're being proactive. Well, we're going to have to take a short break here. After the break, more performance sales and leasing strategies with Mike Lipsy from the Lipsy Company. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. How would you like people to come to your website to hear the Commercial Real Estate Show? We can now download a free widget allowing your site visitors to access show videos and audio podcasts right on your website. Just visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com, and you'll see the widget on the homepage. You can see how it works and easily download it to your site. And after you load it, it works automatically. Today, we're discussing performance sales and leasing strategies with Mike Lipsy from the Lipsy Company. And, Mike, I'd like to change the focus to the tenant rep side of the business. How has the tenant rep business evolved through this cycle? Well, the, <laughs> the biggest change has been more people want to go into tenant rep. Michael, imagine uh, a young, 24-year-old, bright, very capable, test well, comes in for an interview, and you've decided you want to hire him, okay? And so they say, Michael, tell me sort of the difference between the landlord rep business and the tenant rep business. Well, you say, in the landlord rep business, you've got to sit there and you've got to report to the owner all the time. Sometimes relationships last for years. Uh, You do a deal. You get maybe about 30, 35% of the fee. Uh, A tenant rep, uh, you get to be able to do a deal. They typically are over within 60 days. You get two-thirds of the fee. (laughs) Which one do you think you want to go into? I mean, of 10 hires, 10, I mean, superstars that are coming into the business, Michael, I'm here to tell you, eight out of ten, nine out of ten are going tenant rep. So we see fewer people. So of the pool of of the new hires, the new generation, they're deciding, do I want to go into capital, which is investment banking, that could be uh, debt equity, that could be investment sales. That's one basket. Another basket is tenant rep, corporate services. The other basket is landlord rep. We're seeing fewer and fewer being attracted to the landlord basket. So the, the, the big evolution has been the industry has shifted dramatically over this last cycle that I can, the perception at least is, I can work less and make more than the landlord rep. And we're seeing fewer people go to the landlord rep business. So long story short, the tenant business is getting very competitive. Right. We're finding some of the brightest people moving into the tenant rep business. It is after 36 years of me being in this business, it is sort of a trend I just missed six, seven years ago to see the population. So that's one of the biggest changes, just the sheer numbers going into the tenant rep business. But the business has become sophisticated. And if you look at it statistically, 
there's a hundred tenants, maybe hundreds of tenants for every landlord. So you have a chance of winning a lot of business. And another way you can look at it, I can start in the tenant rep business on Monday and represent a 2,000 square foot user. Well, there's not many landlords that have a 2,000 square foot building. So you can get into the business much easier. It takes less time to close a transaction. And the profit is tremendous. Mm-hmm. The profit, you know, if you look at the profit to do a tenant rep transaction and the overhead that's required, compared to landlord rep with all the reporting that's required and the signage and all that kind of stuff, I mean, the tenant rep business is very profitable. Yeah, that's true. And you talked about being competitive now with so many tenant reps in the business. How can a tenant rep increase their opportunities and secure more assignments, Mike? Well, it's interesting. I did an extensive study about six months ago on some of the leading tenant rep brokers in North America. And so I started looking at their bios. And, and, and a trend emerged. It almost just smacked me in, in my face. The tenant reps that are just killing it, I mean, high six figures, seven figures year in and year out, they are involved in their community. Big brothers, big sisters, United Way. And they aren't just kind of so-so members. They are past chairperson, future chairperson. And then I went and looked at the biographical sketch of landlord reps. NAOP, maybe. Urban land, maybe. But they're not active, are kind of active. So that is the single biggest difference. Tenant reps are winning a tremendous amount of business because they're connected to their community. They are visible, they are out, they're shaking hands, they are involved, and they're sitting next to a decision maker at a big brothers meeting and they look over and say, hey Michael, I think you got a lease coming up in nine months. And you look back at me and say, I think I do. I'm coming over and have lunch with you tomorrow. We're going to talk about it. There's no tenant representation. It's done because we were involved in some community good, and I won the assignment that way. So that is one of the real observations that we've made. Tenant rep brokers, the killer tenant rep brokers, are more involved than almost any other sort of vertical within commercial real estate. Well, if you had to give me a quick tip, because we're short on the break, what's another quick tip for a tenant rep to, to achieve more business? Well, the, the fastest way is to join a non-real estate association. For example, you can join the Atlanta Bar Association for $150 become an associate member. Become visible in that association and have the reputation of being a knowledgeable broker who does tenant representation specializing in law firms. It is one of the fastest ways to jumpstart a young tenant rep broker career is join a non-real estate association as an associate member working from the inside. All right, that's a great tip. We're going to take a quick break here. More performance sales and leasing strategies with Mike Lipsy from the Lipsy Company. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media. Providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit FranceMediaInc.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. 
we have some very interesting shows coming up for you, including a show on bank and servicer strategies and a show to help power your 2013 business plan. Be sure to catch shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a once a week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're discussing performance sales and leasing strategies with Mike Lipsy from the Lipsy Company. Mike, let's talk about some career advice for commercial agents in general. Uh, what are some of the top considerations agents should consider to strengthen, strengthen their business? Well, there's two. Work on a team and focus. Uh, it is so frustrating when I see a new hire who has tremendous potential, who is hired, not put on a team, put in a cube, uh, very little tension, not coached, not mentored. Uh, I've oftentimes said, if you're going to bring on a new hire and you think that they're going to be a good fit for your company, then identify which senior broker are they going to work for. And whether they're on salary or draw or commission, make sure that you've got a senior who will be attentive and who will mentor them. And then second, expose them to the business so that they can get a feel for the capital side, the landlord side, the tenant rep side. And then once they say, I feel like I really have a gift towards this area, then get them to focus. If you can get a a potentially very capable broker on a team with daily mentoring and get them to focus, they will accelerate their career at, at an astounding pace. Alternatively, you take someone, you don't put them on a team, they have very little focus, they're working tenant rep on Monday and landlord rep on Tuesday and investment sale on Wednesday, it is going to be a frustrating 18 to 24 months, and there's a good chance they won't make it into the business. You know, the survey that we uh, did, I think, at the beginning of this year, those firms that have had tremendous success over the last three or four years, which have been particularly challenging, those who were the most focused, that had a development plan for new hires have done gangbusters. It's like there wasn't even a recession for them. Clients of ours who did, who did net uh, sales you know, of net leases did gangbusters. Those who focused in on just tenant rep did gangbusters. Those who did multifamily, gangbusters. Those who worked retail. Those who had this general practice, one item on Monday, something on Tuesday, it was awful. It, it was just, I couldn't bear to hear from a mic. We're, I'm doing 40% less this year than I did last year. I said, tell me about the focus of your practice. I'll do anything I can get. So they, but what happens, they get desperate. And so they just start grasping at straws. But those who come in, get leveraged, and use their database, their shared database, working on a team and stay focused, those are the three big ingredients in my mind that you work on a team, you share the data with those who you work with on your team, and you're focused as far as your practice is concerned, those are sort of the three kind of unifying ingredients that enable you to have a successful career. All right, that's great tips there. And let's talk about teams. What are some typical team arrangements related to responsibilities and compensation that you've seen work well, Mike? Well, fabulous question. We did a white paper some time ago on team compensation. We did capital teams, we did tenant rep teams, we did investment, we did industrial, and we actually interviewed two teams in industrial that sit next to each other. The commission, of course, is identical on how it's paid from the house to the team. We saw completely different arrangements once it got to the team. One team would take a commission and take 2% off the top, and that would go into an education fund, or it would go into a technology fund. 
some brokers uh, had teams that there was a bonus pool for their salaried people, and they wanted to make sure that their salaried people were being bonused every 90 days so that they would see the incentive of helping the brokers close deals. So we saw a tremendous arrangement. We saw some teams that would take small salaries each month, build the bonus pool, and distribute the bonus pool on some fair sharing arrangement at the end of the year. So the one thing you will find in our white paper, of all the teams we interviewed, there were no two teams that were the same. They just created a, a, a approach that worked for them. The one thing we don't want happening is every time a deal closes, a team gets together, oh, I started that one. Oh, no, I knew that person. <laughs> if you sit there and have an argument, that team will never make it. And particularly if the senior broker gets greedy every time a big deal closes, that is a sure way to make sure that team will never have any real durability. So set the standards, set you know the arrangements, and live with those arrangements. You might address them every six months, but no sooner than six months, and typically it lasts for a year. And then you meet about you know this time when we're having this discussion right now towards the end of the year, and you talk about what does 2013 look like? What's your range of it? What's the bonus pool? Uh, are we going to have an education fund this year? We're going to have a technology fund, you know, and then and then the rules are set, and everyone understands. No matter who started the deal, no matter who worked on the deal, no matter how much time you spent, here's how it gets shared when it comes to the team. And what about talents and experience? Uh, what types of team members work well together, Mike? Well, if you look at the investment teams that we work with, and we're fortunate that we work with some of the absolute best investment teams in North America, multifamily, office, hospitality. Uh, and here's what you know. As soon as you walk up to the team, and we have worked with some huge teams, I mean huge, analysts, marketing, database, uh, uh, junior broker, senior broker, rainmaker, technician. And that's what we like to see. We want to see diverse skill sets that are organized so that the, the client gets better service and the team will generate more revenue. What typically happens, though, is two lonely brokers get together <laughs> to split commissions. That's not a team. That's dysfunction. That's a partnership. And what happens is you really don't do that much more business because they're two like-minded brokers that do a lot of business development but do no reporting. Are you two technicians that do no rep no you know business development but you do a beautiful Excel spreadsheet? And so the first thing that that a senior broker will do when developing a team is identify what skill sets are the right skill sets that'll enable me to outperform the marketplace, give my 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 clients great service but generate more revenue than I would if I was by myself. All right. That's great advice. We're going to take a short break, and we'll have a short segment right after this with more performance sales and leasing strategies from Mike Lipsy with the Lipsy Company. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com.
Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're discussing performance, sales, and leasing strategies with Mike Lipsy with the Lipsy Company. And Mike, I'd like to ask you about some of the important aspects of utilizing a CRM program. We launched our shared ag database when it was DOS. And so I'm thinking that goes back to 89. We have notes in our act now 2013 that originated over 20 years ago. If you ask me what was the single most important asset that we have at the Lipsy Company, it's our database. Every time I take, and we do it every Friday, we take the t- a terabyte back off, uh, and we take it off-site into a small safe. That's, that's our company, that's our history, that's our proposals, that's our engagement letters. I always ask a client three questions to see if they're enlightened, see if they're a forward-thinking firm. Do you work on teams? Uh, do you share uh, uh, data? And tell me about the most recent technology that, that you've invested in to be more productive. If they tell me they're not on a shared database, I'm not thinking this is a particularly enlightened organization or a CRM, and the reason is firms that go to a shared CRM will be more productive, they will have less arguments between brokers, will be able to decide which client should we be working with, but no one is working with, we don't want to lose them to the competition. It enables you to be so much more productive. And every client that we have gone in and done a needs analysis and determine whether they should be on ACT or Salesforce or Client Look, and we go in there and do the install, that's part of our consulting practice and has been for over 25 years, and we then go in and do the training. No one has ever come back and said, Mike, we regret having trained all of our people on using this shared database. Never, ever. So, and so I, I don't just feel lukewarm about this, Michael. I feel strongly it is one of the single most important investments that a team and a firm can make is making sure that you have a state-of-the-art CRM, it's populated properly, and make sure you have a database king or queen who is responsible for that. That is one of the most important staff functions that we as owners can provide our firm. Someone that knows how to build a database, maintain the database, and use it electronically to grow our business. Are there a few of the CRM programs that you find are more popular? Well, here's, uh, you know, if let's say you're in a relatively small environment. You know, that's going to be ACT, uh, and there's a wonderful pr- modification that you can make for ACT called ACT for Commercial Real Estate. Client Look is a wonderful solution. For our larger clients, most of them have gone with Salesforce. Now, Microsoft has a wonderful solution, and I can't recall the name of it right now, which is a contact management system that those who have used it have said to me, Mike, we really like it. So those would be the three or four. But Outlook is not a CRM. <laughs> uh, a legal pad is not a CRM. Posted <laughs> notes is not a CRM. Yeah. And so my frustration has been, you know, they're just not using it. People have all this paper, and they're looking for stuff all the time. And it's just it's frustrating. But the CRM is the logical way to glue a team and glue an organization. Well, Mike, our time with you has to come to an end today. Before you go, can you share a closing tip for our listeners? Well, the only closing tip that, that I could offer is be prepared to work 60 to 70 hours a week. I mean, this is my 36th year in commercial real estate, and don't kid yourself. This business is a 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. business. 
you know, you need to be accessible to your clients seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We're running an emergency room. <laughs> and right. so, you know, it is, you can't come in and think you're going to roll in at 9.15 and roll out at 4 o'clock and think you're going to have a career. It's just not going to work out. It's not a job. It's a business. Well, Mike Lipsy, thanks for spending some time with us today. We sure appreciate your insight. Michael Bull, you're a good friend, a wonderful client. In any way that we can assist your effort, we're delighted to uh, participate. Thanks, Mike. For more information from Mike Lipsy and the Lipsy Company, visit LipsyCO.com. That's L-I-P-S-C-Y-C-O.com. Hey, mark your schedule to join us next week. We'll explore dominant broker strategies to help you plan your 2013 business plans. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And Cone Resnick, providing forward-thinking advice to help navigate business and financial issues. Visit coneresnick.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com.